Hello and welcome to another episode of In My Mind Podcast. In My Mind with your host Israel and Takia. How's everybody doing? We are doing good. Doing good. Not doing good. Not doing good, but going good. (sighs) Backwards. So hello everybody. It's been a while since we've been on here and talking about something serious, right? Right. Yeah, little distracted but here we are we are here to finish out this series that we are calling my heart stinks now does your heart stinks does your heart smell like a smelly potato funky does your heart reeks does yours reek sweetheart no it doesn't reek nope okay not anymore not anymore all right that's good that's good that's good that's good that's good so well this is the close out of this episode I hope that this series has really been helping a lot of people. I hope so. Um, let's see. Hmm. So we started out with my personal story. I gave raw details of how I grew up and the stuff I dealt with and how it affected me in my adult life. And then I did another episode called What Happened? So I was just, you know, talking about, like the episode says, what happened? You know, just kind of provoking everybody to kind of backtrack and just, you know, think about things that happened to them, you know, when they were children or just think about that one thing that kind of set you back, you know, for life. So in order, you know, in order to uh, make progress, you have to backtrack. Isn't that right, sweetheart? That's right. It's painful, but we must. Do it. Yes. Now, you heard me ramble the other day and tell my story. This time, I'm going to let my wife have the floor and just share a few of her experiences and, you know, let her talk about what happened and how it affected her life. Are you ready, sweetheart? Do you mind? I was born ready. You was born ready? Yeah. There you go. Well, sweetheart, I'm going to shut up now and you have the floor. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What am I going to do? I have the floor. You have the floor. I have the floor. My goodness. That was the air horn effect, by the way. (laughs) That's the ghetto one. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Um, Believe it or not, on last night I listened to um, the episode that my husband um, recorded about his own story and uh, a lot of things you know, we have discussed and then some of it was even new to me. So it did get me thinking even before um, being asked to talk about my story kind of got me thinking about the things that I've been through and, you know, things that caused my heart to stink. So currently um, I'm actually writing the book and finishing my book uh, of my life. And um, so anyway, I talk about some of this stuff in it, but Life has not been peachy cream for me. Hasn't been sprinkles and sunshine. Um, And so for me, starting off early, when I was, I think, four years old, my father passed. Four or five. I don't even remember. But my father passed. And um, from that, now growing up for me, it was, you know, I had my parents, my siblings. We had a house. And um things seemed to be going, you know, well. And uh, I had a wonderful outlook for my life. Even being a young child, you just kind of know you're protected, you're covered, that things are going to be okay. And um, when he passed, it kind of started a a domino effect of negative things that I would go through and experience. So once he passed, um, my mom, of course, became a single mom, five kids to raise on her own. And that's when I learned what hardship and poverty looked like um and so you know we had to pretty much survive life was hard for her working as a single parent and for me um you know I got a taste of the inner city life and how it was to go to schools that were not in the prestigious areas um but I got to to kind of get intertwined with the environment of mean spirited kids um the mindset of of schools and and the kids in the inner (laughs) cities um where 
everything becomes materialistic. Everything is competition. If you're not living a certain way, doing a certain thing, wearing a certain thing, um, then that's what they want to target. It wasn't about uh, education or even caring about people as, you know, humans or just friends. So, you know, just a taste of that. Um, And then from there, we kind of transitioned to the suburbs and things were good um, until, you know, things kind of got hard and we had to move. And my mom ended up uh, passing away in a car accident. So from there, it was now, you know, I think I was like 11, 11 or 12 years old. And from there, um, had to live with relatives and in a new environment. Now, in my new environment with with relatives, it was uh, myself and my siblings, my younger siblings. Um, but going to school, school was great. Like this time I I was like really, really popular, had a lot of friends. It was fun to go to school, but to come home, it wasn't. And being treated as a black sheep, you know, you know that these are not your biological parents. Um, you are put here because of a family situation and every day you can tell that you're not wanted. Um, even, I mean, there was no, no effort, no pretend <laughs> to even say, we want you here. You know, it, it was none of that. So, um, I had to go through my middle school and high school years trying to stay focused. Um, nobody knew what I was experiencing or going through. Uh, in high school, you know, got a job, uh, was working, going to school, um, walking from school home like 55 minutes because the bus wouldn't go that far and no family member wanted to pick me up. So um, it was it was really hard to go through that and still, you know, have friends. But nobody knew what I was going through. Um, and so for me, my mindset was just more of. I've been through hardship, but I'm pushing through it because things are going to change. And I remember being um, a senior in in high school and I just said, you know, I'm just going to push through this. Things have been hard, but I'm going to get out of here. And my goal and my focus is to never come to this place again. Like once I'm out of my own, that's it. You know, not trusting people. I'm going to make it. And, you know, I'm going to have someone who loves me. And I would say that that was the beginning of once I graduated um, high school and went to college, that was the beginning of the things within my heart festering and spoiling and smelling because um, to have gone through the things that I went through, you know, I had a lot of uh, rejection, abandonment, resentment. Um, and more or less like lack of trust. So I didn't trust people. And because of that, I ended up getting myself into uh, situations, relationships, um, you know, that were not good for me. And really, I would say I was, I was like, I had blinders on because I don't know if I would say, I would say blinders, but um, I also got myself in situations where trying to think I got myself in situations that were not good as far. Okay. I'll explain as far as like my future. Um, I could have been further. I could have, um, I could have had more, even when it comes, to, came to jobs. I was very smart, but when it came to jobs and opportunities, I set, I set myself short and I didn't plan correctly. Um, really because I never sought out other people to help me plan for my future, to make sure that the job I chose, the financial um, level, you know, that I aimed for was going to be something that I achieved because I just didn't trust people. So I wasn't going to ask. And I was just optimistic. You know what? This is going to work out for me. I'm going to be fine. And that was my mindset. I'm going to be fine. But I ended up paying for it. Um, hardships, financial hardships, being there on my own, not having, you know, any support or any um, body to help. Along the way, there were people to help, but I struggled so hard. And um, really, I would say it's, you know, I struggled hard in my personal life, went through just 
in relationships, being with wrong people I had no business being with. And, you know, they didn't um, they didn't push me towards better and they really didn't care. And if I could have done it again, I would have definitely healed from everything that I went through, learn how to have good relationships learn how to surround myself with people who um, had my back and people who really saw the best in me instead of um, looking for situations to, to just change my life and my outlook without me getting healed first. So that's a little bit about my story. Wow. 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 That is something. And you know what podcast were some of the things she talked about? I did not know, or I did not know the depth of her struggles and the things she went through. <coughs> season, the seed of this season. Um, so allergy season. Allergy season. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm coughing all in you. You go like, oh, I'm going to cut it off. He keeps coughing. I don't know why. But <clears throat> like I mentioned in the initial episode, um, the hardest the hardest part was I believe I believe the hardest part and the most critical point is transitions from uh the teenage stage into, you know, young adulthood because we lack true mentorship. And we aren't taught, you know, we weren't taught how to go back and deal with those issues. We were just taught to just hide it and just, you know, push it away. And what ended up happening was, you know, the layers and layers and layers of stuff, you know, became added. And, you know, you can only put put so much stuff in your closet before it burst out, you know. That's true. <laughs> chirp, chirp, chirp. Sorry, I think she muted her mic by accident. But um, <clears throat> tell me, um, tell me some of the things, or tell me how what you went through affected you in your adult life. Like, um, go more in depth with that. You said you didn't trust people. Tell me a little more about that. Hmm. I just didn't. I saw the worst in people. Um, it was like everybody you met, whether it was a teacher, professor, somebody you met at school. I just didn't. Like when you, okay, when you're introduced to, okay, when you grow up, you have, op, you're optimistic. You see the best in people. You love people. I mean, for the really bad people, you pretty much can see it right away. But when you get to a place where you put your trust in people, you trust them to take care of you. And to have your best interests at heart and you don't see that, that does something to you. When you, It's not even when you don't see it, but when you really see their true colors. So let me go into depth, y'all. Okay. I, for the sake of time, I was trying. I know I probably we talked a lot. all the time in the world, baby. Yeah, I probably talked a lot, but um, I was trying to get all of it out as get best out, I could. Out, but in detail, so when my mom passed and I had to go stay with family, um, we had some money that was put aside for when we became 18, excuse me, 18 years old. When I turned 18 and um, I left to go to college my first semester, I reached out to my family member and I'm like, hey, you know, I got to pay tuition. And I know that there was money that's supposed to be set aside for me. Um, can you send that? Because now I need it. Like, I, I mean, college was pretty much it for me. Not just it as far as education, but as far as staying on the dorm because I had nowhere else to go. I couldn't once I left with my family member and I don't even want to say I left. But once, you know, they said you're leaving and yes, you're not coming gave back. gave you the boot, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Um, which is another story. But, but anyway, so once I got to college, you know, <laughs> that's where I was going to be staying. And so I needed to make sure tuition was taken care of. Well, I had a balance due. Um, and so when I reached out to them, I said, Hey, you know, I need this money. And they were like, well, there's no money. And I'm like, what? Well, all I have for you is 3000, 3000, what? The 3000 was something that they saved up from, um, what's it like? Social security, disability, something. 
one of that anyway when your parents pass away like sometimes you'll get that well I never got it but they did and they only saved up 3,000 of it which was like six months worth versus five years that I was there and that's just from that check and from what was supposed to be left over from um you know my mom passing away was nothing and, and that's help you to understand this guys we're not going to tell you, you know, the amount of money that was left, but it was a substantial amount of money. I mean, the amount of money that would cause her to have, you know, it would have made her life a whole lot easier and her transition into college a whole lot easier. So, yeah, that that's something. Yeah, so it, it was substantial. Um, And I mean, I think that was the icing on the cake, but even backtracking to when I was staying with my family member, <clears throat> I went through, um, I mean, I went through a lot. Like, granted, when my mom first passed and my siblings moved with my family member, we were excited. And when we got in the house, it was just like their personality just changed. We got in the house with our bags. They closed the door. And immediately she said, before you go upstairs, I need you to know the rules of this house. And it's like her personality just changed, like from angel to which in a sense and that's what I went through um and I'm gonna you know talk more about it in my book but that's that's the trust factor so with that there I I didn't have it I didn't have any trust there was nobody to trust um and I think finally with the financial situation it's just like wait a minute you know being young you don't understand everything that's going on but by this time, I'm an adult. I'm in college. I understand finances. Always have been good in math. Like, all right, I know, you know, planning on it. This money that I'm going to get, I know what I'm going to do with it. Um, So let me have it because I'm not coming back with you anymore. So now I am officially on my own and I don't have anybody. So this money is going to help to financially secure me, protect me, make sure I get myself through college so I can have a good education. And to be told, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't save anything. I spent it. And then at that moment when I realized there was nothing but the 3000 I remembered those years where the family that was connected to my particular guardian at that point, they were getting upgrades. They were getting new cars furniture, clothes, like people were going to college. And then when I when I realized that all of this had been done off of the money that was supposed to be left with me, how do you how do you trust? How do you trust a a grown up that was supposed to have your best interests at heart? How do you trust anybody? Yeah, that's that's rough. If I personally had uh went through that you know, podcast where we kinda went through the same situation, but you know, our Mom's passing around the same age, but I didn't get a substantial amount of money. And if I did, my family hid it from me. Um, so if I had somebody in my family to do that to me, that that would have been just totally wild. Um, I wouldn't. It would have took me a while to um recover. go through that year to recover from that. Yeah, it took me years to recover. Um, man, so. Have you forgiven this person? 100%? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I went through. <laughs> I had to give you some cough medicine. I know. I but, do uh, need some cough medicine. I need yeah. some of that. Uh, that robotus. That, that Vic stuff. Oh, Vic's cough medicine. Child. Yeah, yeah. That stuff have you coughing up everything. Mm-hmm. But, um, um, yeah, you know. No, I, I, I did. I have forgiven them. Sometimes I don't even like bringing up the conversation because it can stir up old emotions when I've already dealt with it. But I know Uh-oh. it's... It means you got to deal with it a little bit more. No. Um, it's just anything. If you talk about something long enough, the emotions will come back to mm-hmm. They're not coming back right now. You, know, you got to process that a little bit more. Uh, when you forgive somebody totally, totally... You don't feel anything like my dad, the stuff I talked about, there's still stuff that you don't even know. But I can talk about my dad and just feel nothing but compassion and love because I, I have compassion whole, and love. I don't have any feelings right now. But I'm saying I can talk to her. I mean, I can talk about him and not feel anything. I, I don't, don't feel anything. Hmm? I don't. That's what I'm saying. But you just told the podcast. No, world. I said sometimes. I heard what she said, podcast world. I said when you talk about something for long enough, sometimes. Emotions can start. I don't have emotions right now. I'm okay. 
Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is, if you truly forgive somebody. I truly forgive. No, I have listen, no emotions. No, that's what I'm saying. Listen, Let listen. me finish. Hold on. Hold on, podcast world. I want, oh I want you to get there. This is all real. This ain't something that I just get on here and we just pretend talking. Now, this is real life. When you really forgive somebody out something podcast world, you should be able to talk about something. So somebody and, and, and those old emotions don't come back. It don't stir up feelings, anything. That is the true art of forgiveness. Forgive yes. and forget. The old saying is you can forgive, but you can never forget. If you don't forget it, if you don't go through your whole process of forgiving, you will always go around that same emotional turmoil and you will hold yourself prisoner. That's what I'm saying, sweet pea. Now, okay. if you don't feel emotion talking about it today, then that, that's a good sign. Yes. That, that, that is a, maybe a I said sign. it backwards, but that was my point. Yeah, you but, did. Um, I need, I what was your question? Because now I forgot. You didn't forget my question. I really did. <sighs> you forgot my question. Too. It's okay. That's why I was trying to just drive by the other part and just. No, it's okay, talking. sweetheart. It's okay. I know. What was the question, though? Oh, I. I know y'all gonna be like these people married and being. <clears throat> no, real. Yes, this is this are. is this is real life. Yeah. You know we don't get. We're on not here. mad at each other though. I'm just. You know I'm this just is just real life. Different. You know I'm not. I'm not a pretender. I'm raw. Even at home, I'm still a hundred percent raw. I'm gonna keep it a thousand. You know real. I'm not gonna act like one thing outside the podcast. We'll get him this mic. And then turn to Mr. Rogers. Everything is not Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Like, mm-hmm. Did you ask me a question? I did. Oh, what was the question? I asked you if I, if I did ask you this. I believe I asked you if you forgave your... You oh, yes. Your okay, that's what sparked all of this. So, yes, I have forgiven. Yes, I do talk to my family member to this day uh, periodically. I honestly, I honestly wanted to slap her when I heard about this. How y'all have a child face with work? It's such a horrible thing to do to a child. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I have. I have forgiven. And oh, this is what I was saying. I was saying that I've gone through many processes of forgiveness. Like for me, there have been uh, many levels to this of forgiveness. And let me explain why. Because, explain why, baby. Um, Initially, you know, going through this situation, growing because of it, becoming an adult, getting to a place where um, it's like, you know, in order for you to go to the next phase in your life or the next level, um, in order, and it's almost like growing, growing pains in a sense. Like when you hit certain phases in your life, sometimes those things will come back and they'll come back as, it's almost like a um a coming of age story. Like you you are faced again with what you went through and it comes back to pose like a second time. You know, have you really gotten over this? Have you really forgiven? And so for me, um, you know, leaving college and all that stuff and getting on my own, I recognize like, okay, stuff is festering. Not just that, but then other things I had went through. Things are festering. And in order for me to get through this, in order for the emotions and and for me to be free, I have to forgive. And so I went through, you know, the forgiveness. Yes, I forgive. You know, yeah, I'll call and write and all that stuff. And then the next time it was. And she um, actually does call this family member podcast where she's not pretending. She actually does. I'm proud of her. Yeah. Um, And when I do call, those conversations don't really come up I I had like a heart to heart you know one time before and some things they saw eye to eye some things they didn't but overall they asked for forgiveness too after I had forgiven did you ever ask her why she did what she did yeah some things they saw eye to eye some things they didn't Uh, some of the answers was I don't know what I was thinking what those little turnaround answers it was I don't know what I was thinking uh, and I apologize. I'm sorry. Can you forgive? Yeah, those cop out answers. It was cop out, but I, I mean, at that point, what am I going to do? Yeah. Ain't nothing I could do. See, like, like we spoke about in, in the beginning of this series, sometimes you won't know why, and sometimes you will get responses like that, and people aren't going to own up to what they did. I didn't even, I mean, I think at that point, I didn't even need the person to own up. Like, I was, I was good and with that's, it. And that's the point I was getting to. You just move on. Because sometimes, you know, if you base your satisfactory 
off people owning it, then you will never Child, be able to move be on with your stuck life. Somewhere. You know? But yeah, so I forgave, you know, that first time. Um, and I think that was me being a young woman and um <clears throat> just needing to free some things. And the next time it was when I was um on a path to discovering like my purpose and I knew that and, and even in ministry too, like um being a, a part of a, a ministry at that point and knowing that these conversations I would have to have in order to help other people. Because at that point it was um a few teens who were around me I interacted with like multiple times a week. And so they would come to me with questions. And the only way to really answer their questions was to kind of sometimes give them examples or things that I had been through. And I knew at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm hitting another level of life where now things are required of me. And I need to make sure that I'm matured enough um, in these areas to move forward and be able to, to handle this level of my life. So once again, those things will come back. Have you dealt with this? You know, um, are you truly over it? Have you truly forgiven? Or it could have been um, like maybe on that first level of forgiveness. I saw the situation one way. And then as I grew it, you know, for me, it began to expose deeper sides of maybe the psychological um, stance that my family member was in. And I would have to face another Sad maturity, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I would have to face another side of what I had been through, seeing it from a different perspective. And could I forgive from that perspective or maybe later? And I mean, sometimes, you know, as you grow, you begin to realize more. <laughs> and when you realize more, it causes you to have to face more um, based on what you've been through. So uh, I did. I had to forgive multiple times. And I mean, who's to say? Maybe I grow some more and I see another side, you know, to what I had been through that I didn't see before. I'm going to have to to face it and forgive. So so yeah. did this whole situation with this family member cause you to have low self-esteem? Mm. I mean, I think that's how you ended up with me, baby. Like, how you end up with that? Man? Oh, yeah, low self-esteem. <laughs> I don't know if I would say low self. I mean, low self-esteem can really develop from so many things. Not really. I don't know if I would say low self-esteem, no. You want to say low self-esteem? No, I would probably say uh, rejection. Okay, so you just couldn't resist that game. Are you talking about with you? Yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah, girl. You just couldn't resist, could you? <laughs> yeah, you go. But no, nah, not low self-esteem. Rejection, abandonment, um, <clears throat> loneliness. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> those, those lonely, I would baby? say. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. I'm here now. Yeah, you're here now. You'll never be so, lonely again. So either way, those are some of the things that I've been through. Okay, so yeah. how has have or has any of those things affected you? You know, being married. Mm. And in in podcasts where this is actually you know first time we really went here and having the conversation. None of this is rehearsed. It's not scripted. This is just raw talk, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Has it affected me being married? Mm-hmm. Has, uh, has, you know, has it caused you to view, you know, me a certain way or, you know, even in the beginning, you know? I don't know. I wouldn't say that towards you, no. But I would say that um, my life choices, yeah, it has. Because as a result of that situation, like I said, um, I had, I, in in other words, like I was thrust out into the world at 17 to to figure it out and fend for myself and I would say that because of that I didn't have um any parental figures truly that really could say okay this is what you need to be focused on these are this is the direction you need to take um so I had no as you know sometimes we call covering I had none um so I would say that it did cause me to make decisions that weren't the best or I may have jumped into situations um, too fast or not thinking them through because, again, I was determined I'm not going to have to depend on anyone to raise me or to help me or, or rather I won't have to put myself in the hands um, of another adult 
to let me down or to do me wrong or, you know, for me to fall flat or whatever. So I just wasn't going to trust. Um, I am sure that actually I do know when it comes to trying to juggle everything, work, money, bills, uh, trying to be everything to everybody, trying to keep things afloat and to keep it from falling. I would say that that had been my downfall and I am positive that it has spewed over into marriage because I overextend myself and do too much. Um, if that I work. You, if, that, if, that why you, if that why you get mad and, and, and you be a, 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 a abusing me. You a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, I I'm do. I'm just joking. Well, and, yeah. And I, it took me a long time <laughs> to learn and, the, and to get to the place where I am, where I'm learning to rest you know, and even in God, really to trust him and to let things go and to let him have it, because I have to make sure that, you know, I'm plugging fingers and holes that I may see in the walls that look like they're coming through and may not even be. And sometimes it may cause me to overreact or be or um, become stressed because I'm trying to I'm trying, you know, in I guess my subconscious somewhere um, trying to stay afloat. Because no one else has my back. No one else can support me. No one else is taking care of me. And I have to I have to do this. If I don't, then I fall. If I don't, then, you know, things will fall apart and nobody will be there financially for me. And I guess because, um, you know, pre-marriage, right? Pre-marriage and in marriage. Nobody's not going to be there for you financially. I mean, Lord Jesus. Um, you asked if I brought any. No, no, no. When I say in marriage, if people listen, like, what is, what is he? No, doing? no. Listen, yeah, listen. When I say in marriage, I'm not attacking you. What I'm saying is, while in marriage, this has been my mindset. Mm, okay. It's not. This it is not an attack against you. It is I was like, wait a minute, podcast. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. What I'm saying I'm is, joking, I have brought this mindset into marriage. So that that's all. So I, you know, anyway, those are things I have to have had to work through and have to make sure that I don't uh, fall into those mental traps. And it does. It, it comes from people who've had to raise themselves from um, early ages and even before the age of 18, before you truly grown. You know. I, I doubt in that note, I, I, I do remember. Years ago, having to tell you, boo, you need you know, you need to you know, back back down in this area. This, Podcast where I have to tell her you have a husband now. You don't have to worry about things like this, you know, paying for stuff, cutting the grass, you know, moving and all that stuff. You have a man now. You have a, a husband, a good one, and a right sweetheart. That's true. Yeah, but she she had a, a a certain mindset. I had to keep reminding baby, baby, baby. You're not single anymore. And sometimes it'll click. She'll be like, you're right. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, we'll just go like, in. Go somewhere and chill. That's true. And sometimes when things need to get done, I don't ask for help. I just do it because, yeah, like, you know, what? in my mindset, it got to get done. And I, I'm i the one to get it done. That just comes from not having um, a net, you know, a cushion or whatever, or or um, covering or parents or people, whatever, to be there. And I literally... Had to raise myself from seventeen. Yeah, and and um, people, married people. I want you to understand something in this area. When you are married, like it or not, you are married to not only to that person, but you married to their issues. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to deal with certainly now. If they throwing pots and pans at you and shooting at you, then you know you got you got to make some type of different you know living arrangements. He said throwing pots. Yeah, throwing pots and shooting at you. But um, now I didn't, like I said, I didn't know the whole depth of, you know, what she'd been through and the level, the struggle and the pain. However, I understood that she went through something. So even though she would always, you know, try to jump in front of stuff that I was trying to take care of, you know, kind of go in front of me. And I, at the same time, it was a, it was a, a annoying, but. I understood at the same time I had to empathize and sympathize with her. And eventually, you know, we was able to get through this process. And now she knows, hey, I don't have to do this. 
you know, I don't have to worry about this. You know, I have a husband. He's going to take care of this. He's going to make sure I'm straight. He's going to make sure I'm safe. You know, we moving. The only thing I have to do is go to Burger King and bring bring a Whopper mm-hmm. and fries. Yeah, you but, know. <laughs> you know, even to kind of backtrack and just give some, I guess, color to everything. When, give a little bit of color, baby. Yeah. When I was 17, um, my family member said, all right, like the day after my prom, okay, you're getting out. And I had $83 for oh, that yeah. whole summer. That. That's what made me want to smack. Yeah, that's me. all I had from in my savings account from working part time um, at a fast food restaurant. And I wasn't giving any money. Um, when I left, I was, that's all I had all that summer. And when I went to college, we had to, first, I didn't even know if I had gotten into college when I, you know, um, got put out, but it's not anything that I did talk about that later in my book. But anyway, um, when I got to college, yeah, they probably were wondering, bro, what did you do? Were you bringing a whole bunch of boys home? No, nope, not at all. Yeah, no, she was a good at two-shoes what I understand. Yeah, I really was. So, um, yeah, I just, my mindset, like, I just, I ain't flow with no crowds. I did my thing, had good grades, went to work, you know, had my friends. We would, every now and then, they would have, like, a dance at school. Like, that was it, you know, go home. I want out all times of the night. I just, I've never been that type of person. Either way, though, when I went to college and we had orientation and we, um, the first day we moved on the dorm and I got in the dorm and they had, um, like a sheet of paper and it told you you could see your dorm room that day. You could move in if you wanted to. But um, on the sheet of paper, it had everything that you needed while on the dorm. Well, I, I mean, I was like so ignorant. I didn't know that I needed anything. And I'm glad that I went before, you know, and I had the opportunity to kind of wait a few days to move in. I had nothing like no blankets, no fitted sheet, no pillows. You could bring a microwave if you wanted to. I had no shampoo, no body wash, no flip flops, no. no I'm, when I say nothing, I had nothing, absolutely nothing. And my um, my brother had he and his wife had dropped me off there, and well, they were staying with me just for a few hours while I got everything, you know, found out everything. Then we were going back to their place. But um, when they found out I had nothing, they were like, "Okay, well, how are you gonna get this stuff?" And I was like, I don't know. I had only $83. Now I probably got like 50 And they were outraged. Like, what do you mean? You know, our family member sent you down here with nothing. And um, he called her and he was upset. He was like, man, she needs stuff for school. And so maybe two days later, I got a box in the mail that had stuff from Family Dollar, um, like a wool blanket, a sheet not even a fitted sheet, a towel, flip-flops, and uh, a washcloth. And that's pretty much all I got. So it was hard. It was hard out in them streets. It was a struggle. All I have to say is, you know, never in my life, not even if it was my child, but anybody's child, I I would do better. But I'm forgiven. But this is just my story, you know. I would definitely do better. So, I mean, it was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. It really was. It was so embarrassing. But anyway, that's some of the things I went through. So that's your story and you're sticking to it. Yeah, that's a part of my story. Okay, so you go. You have her side of her story. Here's her side of her story. <laughs> you have <laughs> my part co-host, of my, my wife, my baby, my sweetheart. You have her yeah. story. <clears throat> I really need to. Probably go somewhere tonight and give me some coffee, man. Some coffee, mm-hmm. give people ears. Some tea, honey. Y'all probably think I'm doing bad. I ain't doing bad. Hmm? I said they probably like, why your wife ain't get you no coffee? They Where probably is? ain't thinking like that. They probably like you need to get some. <laughs> yeah, no. I need to get some. I go through this every uh, spring when spring is coming in and when summer's going out. I always go through this because of the change in the climate, and then. The spring is coming in, you know, the pollen and stuff. <sighs> anyway, back on track. I'm getting all distracted. So, now, um, what would you say to um, somebody else who, you know, dealt with something like this or are dealing with something like this? Like, what would you, what would you say to that person? Mm. 
What kind of advice think? would you give? I guess it depends on where they are, but uh, if you've been through it and it's affecting you, well, first, I would say if you've been through those things, analyze your life, analyze where you are, analyze your attitude, your thoughts, what thoughts are running through your head. Do you have moments where um, your mood changes and you start to feel Why sad? Do you sound like a commercial for some type of pill. Huh. <laughs> 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 I must say a pill of Jesus. There you go. But um <clears throat> no, seriously, I used to have like these these thought cycles. And every now and then what you know cycle you used to have. Every like I would be fine, you know, chilling, whatever. And then every now and then when I got by myself, um, periodically, it wasn't all the time, but when I got by myself, it was like these thoughts started coming in where I couldn't, I didn't even recognize the thoughts I was having, but I just know that like my mood would kind of change and I'd be like, man, I need something to pick me up, make me feel good, make me feel beautiful, um, or, you know, whatever. So I would look for, you know, if somebody was going out to a party, I knew I'm like, okay, if I get dressed up, going out to this party with my friends, it's going to be good. You know, that's going to make me feel good. So you had a whole, you had a hole to feel, avoid. Yeah, avoid to feel. And so, it's, you know, different ways that I would do it. Um, even listening to music or, you know, if I was dating at that point, going out um, somewhere or whatever and, you know, the things that we do. But either way, um, those would be some of the things that I would have that, you know, would happen. So it was like certain triggers. Also, triggers was like if I was watching a certain. Yeah, I was going to. That's exactly what I was going to ask. I was going to ask you. If you were watching a certain TV show or movie, I didn't even finish the word. But TV show, so movie. amazing because we're so connected. Yeah, you said it before I could ask. Yeah, but well, yeah, if I was watching word? a certain um, TV show or movie or listening to something, and it would, <clears throat> you know, someone would be going through some of the same things I did in life, or if I could relate to them and what they went through, it was like initially my mood would change, and. I never knew this until years later, until I finally began to deal with, and it won't even me dealing with, but, you know, um, when God would begin to, it was like he would, he would poke at the wounded areas and I would hate it because I would feel it. And I'd be like, I don't want to feel this. And um, I, I finally had to get to the place where I began to realize what was happening, that those wounds, you know, even though I have forgiven on that level, well, after forgiveness, you still have to heal. And so um, with those particular wounds, I had to face them. And I began to understand like, wait, there's this trigger that keeps happening. And every time I watch something, listen to something, you know, or it could just be I hadn't had a nice word or a hug or um, romance. I'm just keeping it real, but romance in a long time. So I would need it because Romance, those, yeah. yeah, somebody, a date, not even saying it had to be sex, but a date. Stop, stop being nasty. Stop <laughs> Whatever. Being nasty. But, you know, even a date or, you know, I mean, people, everybody has their own ways of feeling things. But if I hadn't for a while, then I needed that. And so initially, when, you know, years later, when God began to poke at these areas, I began to realize these triggers. And I began to learn about our thought life. And one day um, I was sitting somewhere and it's like this thought came through my mind. Normally the thought would be so fast that I wouldn't be able to track it. But it's like, like God just slowed this thought down and it was going super fast. But I, I understood. It's like I heard the thought and the thought was just like, man, you know, I'm worth this. Like, I don't, this, this don't even matter. And when I heard the thought, I was blown. Like I sat back in the chair. I was like, Oh my God. Like I just heard my thought. And I realized then like the, you know, the thoughts in our mind, it was absolutely true that thoughts do lead to action. So that's when I got on the journey of really dealing with thoughts and allowing God to heal me. Anyway, what I would tell somebody who's uh, experiencing the same things now is to take a look, yeah, you got assess your life. The question. I what? I said, yeah, you got way away from the question. I didn't get away. No I just went deep. But um, 
for someone who's going through it, analyze your life, analyze your actions. What are you doing? Do you have some type of trigger? Do you have um, void fillers that are not good for you? And if so, you really need to sit down and analyze, am I still dealing with this, um, these issues, these wounds? Are the wounds still there? And the thing about it, if you really want to know if the wounds are still there, then pull yourself away from things that make you feel good. Give yourself about 30 days and in those days begin to track your mood. How does your mood change? How does your, you know, your thoughts change? What do you need? What are you craving for? Because eventually those wounds that are not healed, they begin to ache and they begin to fester and ooze. They hurt and they hurt really bad. And at the moments when they hurt really bad is when you find yourself doing something stupid to make yourself feel good to get the pain to go away. So I had to go through, um, you know, through that. But I would say for someone who finds themselves in what I'm saying, um, do your own analysis and then understand that you do have to go through the process of forgiveness. It may be more than once. It may be levels to it. Um, Number one, you can come through this. You really can. And it's really about getting healed and replacing those negative thoughts with the true thoughts and with really what God says concerning you and who you are. Um, but that's just the nugget of what I would give now. I think that's awesome, sweetheart. I wanted to say this to all these listeners who are listening because they can identify with, you know, something similar or, you know, going through stuff right now. I just want to say it's not your fault, first of all. But the first thing we always ask ourselves is, was it my fault that I do something that caused this? No, you surely did not. Sometimes people, are, you know, immaturely, you know, we also with sometimes people just stupid and just mean. But no, they're not stupid. And they're not mean. Just like, you know, you hurt. They're hurt as well. Hurt people. We're always hurt people. Psychologically, they have something going on in their heads too. A lot of times, they don't they don't mean to do what they do. They just they do it. So get help. Go to God first. Ask God to heal your heart and begin the process. And you know, go talk to professionals. Just like I see it in my introduction. You know, in the church world, it's just um, stigma about going to see a shrink. You know, talking to a professional. It is okay to talk to a professional. God has given man the ability to gain wisdom and knowledge on how to deal with issues as such. So go get you some help, talk to somebody, get closer to God, because ultimately God is the only path to your true, true, pure wholeness. Healing, hmm? healing and wholeness. Healing and wholeness. Yeah. But, um, I do. Okay. I want to say this. Cause you I, know, um, I give it a little blip of my story, but I have put together um, <clears throat> like a four part video series Uh-oh. called discovering power after pain. And um, if you want to check it out to hear my story here, you know, just a little bit of what I'm talking about, you can go to my website and that is TakiyaLeeAllen.com. And let me spell it for spell you. It for him, baby. It's T as in terrific, A-K-I-Y-A-H-L-E-E-A-L-L-E-N. TakiyaLeeAllen.com. On my homepage, if you scroll down, you will see a video where it says um, Discovering Power After Pain. You can click that link and put in your email and I'll send it to you. Over a four day period, you can check out my story. See how big she got the website. I don't have a website. I just check me out on Facebook and Instagram. We'll get you a website, sweetheart. Go give me a website. I don't want to be big or famous like you. So. <laughs> That's so. something I put together some time ago, and I was thinking, like, oh, wait, yeah, you can hear my stuff. There you go. Yeah. So, guys, I hope the closing series has brought some type of closure to you all. Um, so look, you all, you all, y'all pack that truck and move on with your life. Hey, move on, move on, move on. Get it on out of here. Get on up. Get on up. Get up. Get up. See? Got me started. (coughs) Got you started back coughing. I know. (coughs) Got me coughing and crap. Mm -mm -mm. But seriously, guys. 
Go through the process. Get help. You can do it. We believe in you. Also, if you don't want to talk to a counselor, we are actually certified life coaches. And we will coach you through this process. And we will walk with you hand in hand, side by side. And we will, with the best of our ability, help you deal with this and get through it. So, everybody, please, please have a wonderful night, day. Depends on where you are in this wonderful, wonderful world. Anything else you want to say, sweetheart? Um, yeah, if you're interested in talking with us through, you know, whatever your life issues and having us to coach you there, we'd be more than happy to do um, even a, a discovery session with you. And we do Skype. Um, yeah. Video sessions. Yeah. Um, and then you can email us at podcast in my mind at gmail.com or you can go to my website, tequilaisland.com, and schedule a um, life coaching session there. Just you can contact um, me and on that website, contact us, or you can go to the coaching page, whichever, either either outlet is going to be fine. Now, there's podcast in my mind at gmail.com. Podcast in my mind at gmail.com. That's podcast in my mind at gmail.com. Yeah, he sounds like a radio. Yeah, I, I, want to, I want to think of something. I sound like a radio. Yeah. There you go. I want to thank you for getting on here and sharing your story as raw as it was. I appreciate you for doing that. I appreciate you for being a co-host on the show with me. And I want you to know that I'll always be there for you, young lady. Young lady. Yeah, I had to add the T to it. I'm trying to sound all proper. Yeah, young lady. So I'm always going to be here for you, darling. And we're going to get through whatever together. Yeah. Let's make life better. Absolutely. Thank well, you. thank you so much. Thank you so much. So much for, for having me. Y'all, y'all go ahead and take care now. Oh, I can't even do it right. On the spot. And I didn't know you would ask me this, but um, mm-hmm. it's been my pleasure. It's been your pleasure? Yeah. Well, it's been my pleasure for it to be your pleasure. Hey. Yeah. Oh, am I doing it right? Watching that movie got, got me into it again. Oh, okay. Oh, I can't do it. It's not me. Nope. Sure right. Maybe for the young folks. I yeah. don't think they do it. I'm going to do that. Anyway, you guys take care. Thank you so much for listening.